What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of National Pastime. John and Toaster here. And in today's episode, we're going to break down the Josh Allen Monster Extension, uh, $258 million over six years. We'll get into some of the details there and whether we think it's a good deal or a bad deal. We'll talk about uh, the Dolphins and Xavier Howard, their star cornerback, coming to an agreement to end his hold-in and some of the pieces of that deal. And then we will touch on the Hall of Fame game and if anything significant has come from that. So uh, we'll get right into it here. Like I said, Josh Allen's deal, six years, $258 million. That goes on top of the current years remaining on his contract. So he'll become a free agent after the 2029 season or in 2029, sorry. Uh, some of the key details of this thing, $100 million guaranteed at signing, that is the most ever, and $150 million guaranteed for injury, also the most ever. Uh, more or less, it's a deal that puts him right there with Patrick Mahomes and really you know, sets the market for quarterbacks in a lot of different ways. Um, his $43 million average annual value is $2 million less per year than Mahomes, but um, he becomes a free agent sooner and will have an opportunity to sign another monster deal. What are your first thoughts on this toaster? They better keep Brian Dayball around. Um, it's a <laughs> yeah. big, it's a big, I'm not going to call it a big risk to take because they need to sign him either way. He was good or bad this year. He was going to be in extension talks regardless. Uh, and so we're probably just talking a couple million here or there because the new threshold is going to be in that 40 million realm regardless mm -hmm. of essentially your your performance. If we need to hold on to you, you're going to be north of 40. Uh, so I think it was a good idea for the Bills to wrap him up early in case he does ultimately um, repeat his performance and, and exceed what is expected of him or at least what was expected of him after the first two years. Um, but I can't ever get a mad for a guy taking 150 million guaranteed. But I think that I think they made he took the wrong model by by locking himself up for so long. I mean, we're talking eight years from now is his next opportunity to take that next pay bump, and it's it's just been on a trajectory for quarterback payment that's insane, and he's probably leaving money ultimately on the table. But again, he's still got a nice 150 million dollar table to. Uh, to, you know, bang his head against. I hope he doesn't spend all 150 million guaranteed on a table. That would be a bad investment, I think. Yeah, uh, you know, on the surface, it looks like a great deal for Josh Allen. I think over the course of the deal, it's going to be a great deal for the Buffalo Bills, assuming he's the guy that we saw last year, or at least close to that guy that we saw last year. Uh, if he's not, and he looks, you know, kind of reverts back to the guy he was the first couple years of his career, then this is a very bad deal for the Buffalo Bills. But I don't think anybody's necessarily expecting that sort of regression from him. Um, yeah, I mean, my thought, you, you look at him here, and he had a great year last year, uh, 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns, only 10 interceptions. He, by any metric, you know, was a top five, well, almost any metric, I suppose. PFF had him seventh. Uh, ESPN's QBR, he was third. Football Outsiders DVOA, he was third. So he's he's right up there with the best of the best. I think the fear, right, is just that if he's not playing at that 
absolutely elite level, then at least the first couple of years of this deal will look pretty bad over, over the long haul, you know, 43 million a year for a quarterback, which as of right now is the second highest ever next to Patrick Mahomes, 45 million. It's, it's going to look like, okay, money, you know, for like a top 10 guy in the next handful of years. Like you said, he's probably leaving money on the table. Probably would have wanted to go the Dak Prescott route if he's thinking super long-term, but um, yeah, initially anyway, for the next eight years, uh, he's going to be sitting very pretty. So not too bad overall. Well, and, and that's why Dak made such a stink about wanting it to be a four-year contract instead of a five-year contract because he wanted to hit free agency again with an opportunity to reset the market once again. Um, I, I don't think that we're going to see the regression that we ultimately, uh, some are predicting. Like this isn't a Mark Sanchez style regression, but Mark Sanchez did bring his team to the AFC championship as well. And it'll be interesting as far as whether or not they bit the bullet too soon from moving on because Mark Sanchez, they moved on from after four years. But I do think that ultimately Josh Allen fixed his mechanics and that was his biggest thing. Um, Stefan Diggs, I think had a, a tremendous thing or a tremendous yeah. part um, in, in his success. So as long as they continue to invest in that offense, then he, he ultimately will be worth the money. It'll probably be a neutral deal for both sides long-term, but anytime you're wrapping somebody up for that long, um, with so many unknowns is potentially after one good year is potentially worrisome. Yeah, for sure. Um, but again, it's like we've talked about the, the way that these quarterback contracts just grow exponentially as the salary cap continues to spike. And even if he does regress, he's still going to, the bills will be paying okay money for, you know, a, a pretty good quarterback, a top 15 quarterback in the coming years. So but I it also, it's also, what's your goal? Because you can look at Matt Ryan's contract and say the exa same exact thing. This should have been a rebuilding year, but ultimately, and it wasn't just Matt Ryan's contract. They were in a terrible salary cap situation all around, but they, right. their hand was forced to say, we're in a win now mode because that contract was so prohibitive to rebuilding the team. And that's what you worry about whenever you sign something that's not considered a generational talent to a deal that long. Yeah. And I th think there's a lot of hoping <clears throat> on the bill side of this, that um, it, they're essentially paying him. We always talk about with contracts and sports guys get paid for what they did and not necessarily what they're going to do, uh, which is always a bad proposition for the team. And I think the Bills are paying Josh Allen a little optimistically, um, hoping, you know, not necessarily paying him for what he did last year, but his ability to build on that potentially even more. And numbers wise, I, I can't imagine there's much more that he could do. I mean, yeah, he could hit 5,000 yards and all that stuff. But I mean, his completion percentage jumped significantly um, up to 69.2% this year from 58.8% the year before. I mean, I can't imagine there's another large leap coming from for him in that statistic, and, which was the big thing for him. Yeah, I mean, he. I think his per completion percentage went up by six points from two years ago and then another 10 points last year. 
Uh, so yeah, I don't think that that trajectory is going to continue. That's about where he is. That's his, that's his ceiling floor, whatever you want to call it. That's what his expectation is plus or minus a couple percentage points. But I do want to point out that his style, his aggression is very similar to me to Cam Newton and Cam Newton was on a trajectory where you think, okay, we're going to pay this guy. He's going to be the face of the franchise forever. And after seven years, he got injured and has never, has just been a shell of himself. And so uh, Josh Allen is what, three years away from, from that potential precipice. And you got to worry about that anytime that is one of your major um, attributes. That's why I would always prefer a strong pocket passer like a Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers to say, okay, I, even if they do get injured, that's not going to change their game, right? And you don't have to mm-hmm. basically reform yourself 10 years into your career because right now it's not going great for Cam. And it yeah. may not go great for Josh Allen, and it may not go well even for Patrick Mahomes. Um, the mobility is the big question mark, and we're still probably three to four years away from finding out what these, what these, what we're calling you know, perennial talents are once they start getting into their mid-30s. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, Josh definitely utilizes his athleticism and his big body to um, to make plays uh, outside of the pocket. Maybe that's the next step in his progression is to to become more of a pocket passer and scale back on some of that running. We talked in the last podcast a little bit about Russell Wilson, and you had mentioned how he had started to he still uses his legs, but he's a little smarter about it now. Um, he gets down slides a lot more. Maybe Josh starts to do that. It it's unfortunate because you don't want to take away those, that aggressiveness as a runner, because that's what makes somebody like him and some of these other runners so special. It's such a weapon to have that added element come from the quarterback position, but you're ultimately now talking about a $258 million investment. And if he's hurt, you know, he, we know that he's still going to be making his money to some degree, right? 150 million guaranteed for injury. But if he misses time, I mean, the bills are fucked and the AFC is not getting any easier. Um, you know, the chiefs retooled their offensive line. We know that as long as Mahomes healthy, they're going to be in the conversation for the years to come. Uh, Baltimore is just a very well-run organization. And as long as Lamar Jackson stays healthy again, which maybe is a little more of a question mark for him, but as long as he stays healthy, um, you know, you expect them to be in the conversation. You now have the chargers with Justin Herbert coming up the Broncos. Let's say they do get Aaron Rodgers next year. They're going to be really tough. So I just don't think, I mean, there's never a bad time to lock in your star quarterback, I suppose. But um, it feels to some degree like, at least in my mind, Josh Allen topped out a little bit last year. And at least next year, we're going to see some regression from him. And that puts the Bills in a really tough position within their conference, not even being the the winner of their conference. You know what I mean? Like Mahomes gets his deal after he wins the Super Bowl and yeah, the bills were close, you know, obviously we're talking about them being in the AFC championship game, but we also know how hard it is to get back there. So it, it's going to be really interesting for the bills and for Josh Allen moving forward. It really all is going to come down to, is he the guy he was last year or is he closer to the guy he was his first couple of years? And 
And, I guess and, we'll find out. And soon. you're going to hope that the salary cap keeps going up so that they can continue to put top tier talent around them because that's always the issue with signing these quarterbacks to contracts that are at least double their next closest uh, highest paid player. Most of the time, even pushing 30 million more than their next highest paid player, like 45 right. million per year uh, for the Chiefs. You're looking at 15 million for your other top tier guys. And it just it starts hurting your ability to build around them. Um, mm -hmm. and ultimately I'm a little surprised that there hasn't been more of a push for shorter term, more guaranteed, similar to the Kirk cousins style, where if he was able to get yeah. his 100 million at signing and then maybe not 150 million, but 125 million guaranteed, but only over three years, four years. And you get the, the opportunity to say, I've still got that same money I would, and I get to keep going back to the well over and over again. It, it that's a much more player friendly contract and potentially even safer for a team like the bills. Cause you, um, using Kirk cousins as the example, they've drafted their replacement. Um, Kirk cousins is going to find work somewhere else. He's still going to be making 25 million plus, you know, when, when his next contract expires, but it allows both sides to save face and, and do what works best for them. Yeah. Kirk cousins model is, I mean, we talked about recently how the quarterback position is uh, about as safe of a position as you're going to get in the NFL. Um, they're, they're very protected, obviously, by the rules. And you, to some degree, hold your fate in your own hands with the ability to get the ball out quickly and, and things of that nature. So you're not as worried about injury striking uh a, at least for Kirk Cousins, you know, a guy that's a pocket passer, right? Um, the same way you would a Lamar Jackson or a Kyler Murray, maybe. But that model is take that all day, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know why we're not seeing more of that. That's the way that most NBA stars have started to shift the way that they structure their deals. And it also allows them to make more money as the cap goes up. And um, I mean, I... I'm sure for Josh, don't get me wrong, like from the personal side, if somebody's handing me a $258 million contract and I know I'm going to be making at least $150 million of that, but you know, whatever, that's 258 over six years. It's really hard to turn that down, especially with a lot of the little things built into the deal that he's the highest ever at or, you know, close to anyway. But um, yeah, it's, I guess like you, you really wonder uh, what is what's the driving force for Josh Allen in signing that sort of deal versus a shorter term deal a la Kirk Cousins? Uh, I think to me, this says that Josh Allen is is committed to the Bills. But and, the Bills aren't even committed to the Bills. It might be the Austin Buffaloes in three years. So those are the things that I just <laughs> there's so many things that evolve over time. If you, you know, you lose your head coach or you get uh, head coach gets fired and you're in an Aaron Rodgers situation where you don't agree with the the upper management anymore. There, it's just it, yeah. it, it takes a little bit of power away from him. Ultimately, the players in this one position, it's not as big of a deal because they do still have to show up today, but they get a say. Rodgers got his cob. So mm -hmm. think boys will be boys. They'll get what they want, but it's six years from now, especially when you're what, 25 signing this contract. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's a big, that's a big difference. All right. Well, on that note, um, I think are we done here? We, anything else you kind of want to bring up with the Josh Allen deal? 
No, I I wish him the best. I hope that they're continue to be successful. I want players to get paid, and I I do hope that you. Uh, I appreciate the NFL and that players don't move around anywhere, or at least their superstar marquee players don't move around as much. You would love to have a quarterback that is the face of the franchise and the face of the franchise for 20 plus years a la tom brady i mean it's cool to see him play for another team but if he had moved around after eight years eight years eight years it's a little bit of a different story yeah it's unfortunate that we think of it that way but it is there is something to be said or i don't know something about maybe just this inherent loyalty you think of when you you see a guy and that's that's a trait that most people value so yeah and Uh, and it's it's a win for all other quarterbacks too. I'm sure Lamar Jackson's mom was looking at this deal pretty pretty, under a lot of scrutiny. And then Baker Mayfield also um, excited for what they ultimately got. I don't think either of them get anywhere near this, but uh, it it can't hurt to have that as a bargaining chip. No. And maybe they go, they take a more of a Dak Prescott approach and take a little bit shorter term and reach some of these other points on the guaranteed money and all the uh, guaranteed money and all of those other pieces. Um, but yeah, I don't think they're touching a lot of this other stuff. This is a pretty historic deal for the yeah. most part. If Lamar um, can get a six year contract out of the Ravens, he should go for it though. Yeah. Well, that's, it's a little bit different for him for sure, but I, I agree. All right. Uh, well, we'll move on here to uh, another, I guess, contract, but uh, nothing, quite, nothing even remotely is interesting. Xavier um, Howard, the star corner for the Dolphins, has been holding in. So he showed up to camp, um, pretty much, you know, pulled the same card that a lot of guys like Aaron Rodgers pulled, so they wouldn't get fined, but has not been participating. Uh, because he wanted a new deal. He gets the, he doesn't get a new deal, but the Dolphins did make changes for him that ultimately got him in, and now he will play. So realistically, uh, there's two things that changed here. Uh, he gets $3.5 million in potential incentives added to his 2021 year of his deal. So $1 million for a Pro Bowl or an All-Pro, and then $750,000 for 70% playing time, $750,000 for hitting 80%, and then a million if he hits 90%. So uh, $3.5 million in incentives for 2021. And then he also gets his salary guaranteed for 2022. It was already guaranteed for injury, but um, you know, the, I guess really to me what this says is he gets to say i won you know my dispute in that sense but we'll be back here next year (laughs) yeah exactly uh that was the other thing apparently the dolphins agreed to reopen discussions next year on a market level deal so we'll see um does this move the needle for you at all to me this is I like when players bet on themselves, but this is a team friendly opportunity, quite frankly. Um, so it's tied to um, it's what pro bowl, a pro bowl appearances is incentive, uh, first team, all pro and pro bowl, right? 
Those yeah. are things that are highly variable. I mean, he had 10 interceptions last year. Nobody had 10 interceptions since 2007 previously. JC Jackson easily could have been first team all pro and a pro bowler in place of him with only, with nine interceptions any other year. And so yeah. to me, this is a concession to him, but it's not a player friendly deal when you're saying you have to hit these milestones when those milestones aren't related to passing yards, completion percentage, something that a lot of the other structured contracts come into, right? Like if you say 15 mm-hmm. sacks, they're like, I know I'm going to achieve this. Once you're starting to leave it up to voters and subjectivity, it, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not as good for the player. So if Howard had been able to get something in there that says, okay, seven INTs, um, you know, so many passes defensed, something like that, then mm-hmm. I'd be more for this. But ultimately, what they're doing is saying, if you if you want to bet on yourself, we'll happily pay you that extra money because we think we're in a win now mode. And you're only giving these incentives to somebody when you think that you're in competition to actually succeed. Right. You're the Falcons, the 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 Jets, the Jaguars aren't giving out these kind of incentive related incentive related contracts because it's like, okay, you helped us get to four wins this season. Fantastic. Yeah, I I hear you. I do think it's. I think it's a a very small win-win for both sides. I think for Howard, he gets to quote unquote, win his dispute. Uh, The the 1 million for the Pro Bowl, I hear you. You're kind of leaving it up to chance in a way, but this also got his name in the news quite a bit. And that can't hurt his chances if he has a decent year next year, as far as voting goes. So my understanding is this is a likely to be earned incentive okay. the, the pro bowl um that only really matters for salary cap purposes right I mean, they have to budget it into their cap now thinking that it's likely to be earned right um but i mean i i on some level right doesn't that tell you that it's it's highly likely if if that's the case fair enough that yeah they expect to have to shell out this type of money so yeah. short of giving him it protect again it goes back to protecting the team right so right. they were saying we had to pay him three and a half million more for him mm-hmm. to show up okay well this three and a half is contingent on you being a baller again this season and yeah so there it's really no lose for the dolphins they get them in they get him in-house yeah. which he already was but they get him to actually show up on the field in-house um and if they were willing to give up that money for that performance anyways like you said it, it is ultimately a win-win howard can play this off as a, a small victory for him uh yeah. but it just again leaves a lot more risk for the player than the organization totally it, but the point is he didn't have like he had almost no leverage and and we go back to like the rogers deal he had three years left on his deal and how hard that makes it for him to to i guess push his demands Uh, but when you have that many years remaining on a contract and then you're you're already looking to rip it up it's just it's tough it's tough and it's it doesn't mean he's wrong in what he wanted but it's just a tough ask ultimately um tough thing to push forward so uh, i think minor minor win-win for both sides uh but like you said we'll probably be back here next year as well yeah right well it's just the players are in a tough place this is the same thing that danielle hunter went through where he signed a monster extension or he sa- he signed another deal because he it's money you've never had before right you right. want to you want to secure it while you can 
and you hope that you're going to outplay your contract, but there's no guarantee. So you take the risk. And then when you become the one of the best at your position, one, two years after signing that deal, it's no longer as satisfying. You're like, I took that. I took this money because it was the sure thing. But now right. where is the loyalty from the organization to actually reward me for what I've achieved, what I've been able to give them? Yeah, but you see, you know, it's easy to see both sides, I think, too, where it's like, well, you signed the deal and you should honor your side of it. And I understand in really extreme examples where that's, you know, the team should do good by somebody. Um, this was one where I don't think the Dolphins really had to. No, I mean, not yeah, at all. they they gave him a little bit of assurances, but ultimately, um, you know, he if he's going to be doing this again next off season, I, I think we're probably looking at a trade at that point, right? If he's doing this again next off season, then the dolphins had a hell of a year. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You're, you're probably right. All right. Well, uh, last thing for me here, then the hall of fame game, uh, the first preseason game of the NFL schedule, uh, went down, and it was a barn burner. Uh, the Steelers beat the Cowboys 16 to three. We didn't get either starting quarterback. Um, most starters, you know, sat at least big name guys stat. Although the Steelers did get a few guys in Najee Harris got, got some run, uh, chase Claypool played and got panged up a little bit. Uh, Deontay Johnson played, which uh, all of those seemed not smart to me, but, um, what are your initial thoughts about the Hall of Fame game? Uh, as a former professional, comma kicker, this was sad to watch. Okay. Um, that's really oh the only God, position yeah. that I can the take kickers. that I can only that I can take things away from. Um, they were two of five from field goals, it, and there were some very very bad misses uh, from from that team or from that from that special team. Um, position so it, it it makes me want to get back out there and lionel messi currently looking Warm for a team up. like you said uh we can we can only only pray that he comes uh, and makes his three million per year i think that's a that's an increase right how much do fo footballers get paid uh no i'm just kidding um <laughs> but that's really the only thing i can take away other than micah parsons did look pretty damn impressive but yeah season's young he's and he's got a lot to learn. We're running against vanilla, vanilla offenses right now. Um, and by vanilla offenses, even the Steelers were running into their own offense. That was there. That's where Micah Parsons, uh, fumble recovery stat came from. He had nothing to yeah. do with it. They just basically botched a, a fly route and he got the ball. So there's not too much yeah. to take away. Um, but kickers and Micah Parsons looks like he's going to be a fun, fun player to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the key pieces for me, I I thought Najee Harris looked good, and clearly he is going to get a lot of run. So we don't focus on fantasy football here, but uh, I would highly recommend drafting Najee Harris pretty high. Um, other than that, the quarterbacks were atrocious. Oh my god! Like both of these teams, better hope that nothing happens to their starters because, and I know it's the first preseason game, all the caveats, you know, are, are here, right? Like playing with a bunch of backups, um, 
I, for whatever first season, first game of the season. Yeah. Rough, throw, you know, throw them all no, out there. No audibles, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, but yeah, but the holy shit. Um, uh, Mason Rudolph looks God awful. Um, Ben DiNucci, I think played the entire second half for the Cowboys. And I know he became a little bit of a cult hero last year, but, um, yeah. And this is exactly what happens in the NFL when you can't find, you can't manufacture reps for backup quarterbacks. And what we saw was just bad. No, it's, I mean, this is, if there's any indication that a developmental league is needed, it was that game. Cause you would never expect rosterable quarterbacks to play as poorly as they did. And I get that, not, that these quarterbacks there, the rosters won't be this deep going into the season, right? Josh Dobbs yeah. is probably not going to be on there after that last performance. Ben DiNucci is probably not going to be on there. Uh, but you're talking about a former number 15 overall pick in Dwayne Haskins and what the Steelers have basically put on their back is the fate, the future of their franchise and Mason Rudolph. Um, they took a, they took a flyer on Haskins because he was basically free for all intents and purposes. And yeah. it didn't look like there's a quarterback of the future there. And if Ben Roethlisberger looks like he did at the end of the year last year, they may not have a quarterback of the present either. Yeah, they are in a really tough spot and you don't generally see that from a, a solid team and a well-run team like the Steelers. They they usually get their backup plan, their contingencies going sooner rather than later. And yeah, if they're going to be relying on Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins in a, in a camp battle, potentially, um, they're going to be fighting for the bottom of that division, I think, until they figure that out. So yeah, I'm sure otherwise they'll find any way to compete with the bottom of the division that they can, but yes, it's going to be, it's could be a rough transition. Um, they did extend Tomlin through, I believe 2024. So they're going to give him the opportunity to take on the next generation of quarterback and give him a couple of years to figure that out. But, uh, this might be too much for Tomlin to, to take on. Yeah. I, I mean, they're, and they're not sitting on like a treasure trove of draft picks. Right. I mean, as far as I know, they're only dealing with their own. So, uh, not necessarily the kind of ammo that say the the Eagles or the Dolphins would have to move up next year if they need to and uh, and get one of those top guys in the draft. So yeah, they're they're not looking so hot um, if if Ben falls off or gets hurt this year. So yeah, uh, well, that's other than that, not much else to take away from this game. Right. It's it was 16 to three. It was a pretty terrible football game. But uh, the one thing that was crazy is from an eyeball standpoint and rating standpoint, it did better than any other sporting event on TV, including the Olympics in that time slot. So once again, football is king, even really shitty football. That's my biggest takeaway. No. And I mean, I can't. I can't knock that at all. It, it was more exciting than most anything. And I'm sure the Cowboys will play this off as a Dan Quinn win because they did hold the Steelers to zero points in the first half. Not sure how much he actually had to do with any of that, but the defense has been the knock for the, for the Cowboys and only giving up 16 points. Take the victories where he can, even though they lost yeah. by 13. Yeah, there you go. All right. 
Well, we will close out there. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, as mentioned before, we are now putting all of this up on YouTube. So uh, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on, on Twitter at NPTFBall. And yeah, just in general, tell your friends. Let's keep growing this thing. And thanks for listening. Anything else, Toaster, before we go? Ireland, watch your back. Ireland, watch your back. Okay. Hey, let's not let's not uh, piss off the Irish. Oh, is that not, not where our main podcast podcast competitions coming from right now? From Ireland, yeah. uh, I don't think so. But shout out uh, to the Irish Bears podcast if oh, that's what you're okay. referring so, to. Oh, we're friends. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, we got to stick together in this in this podcast game. You know. Okay. I, I retract my statement. Go Ireland. Okay. All right. Go Ireland. All right. Thanks, everybody.